I'm visiting all 30 stadiums in one season to uncover the hidden stories that make baseball America's pastime. Rounding third with Manish Jane. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Rounding Third with Manish Jane. Today's episode, the Tampa Bay Rays and Tropicana Field. For those of you who don't know the history of Tropicana Field, it's actually a pretty real-life representation of Field of Dreams. In uh, the early 80s, the city of St. Petersburg and Tampa, they were both vying for a, a baseball franchise, and they figured if we build it, they will come. So thus was born the domed stadium of Tropicana Field. Yes, that's right. This is the last remaining completely domed field in the entire league. Uh, we still got a couple of tractable roofs that we're going to have to deal with, but for now, only one out of the 30 stadiums plays exclusively underneath a dome. We'll get to how my feelings on that uh, in a moment, but before we get there, uh, what's interesting is that the uh, Tropicana Field actually sat relatively empty for the first couple of years. Uh, it played host to some hockey and football, but uh, baseball didn't come to, to the Tampa Bay area until 1995. So the Tampa Bay Rays are a relatively young franchise um, in the league. Now, because of that, it's kind of difficult for there to be any real history at Tropicana Field or, for that matter, for the Tampa Bay Rays franchise themselves. But there's an elephant in the room. Basically, the Tampa Bay Rays don't draw. You know, I'm, I'm trying to basically keep this podcast and this site and this tour as positive as possible. I'm really trying to find the beauty in each of the parks, but uh, we're... we're down here in Florida and running into a little bit of problems uh, between this and Miami, which will be the next episode. But for now, let's just focus in on, on, on Tampa Bay. Um, how to put this? Nobody shows up. <laughs> there you go. That's how I'm going to put it. Just nobody shows up. It's, it's a real shame. You know, the Tampa Bay franchise has done a really great job of trying to bring people out to the ballpark. They've created a, a carnival-type atmosphere. They've got the great uh, Stingray uh, tank uh, in center field there that you can go ahead and touch. You've got great restaurants. You've got batting cages. You know all of, all the amenities that you would want in a stadium and more. The problem is, well, one, it's inside. I know it's hot. I know it's humid. But baseball should never be played inside. I don't care. Call me an old man. Call me an idiot. I just I much prefer to stay outside and actually see the sun above me when the ball is coming at me. But the fact that it's in a dome, you know, I'm not sure if that's the main problem. I think there's a laundry list of issues that are going on down there in St. Pete. Uh, the first is, is the traffic. You know, this is something that a lot of people I talked to down there were complaining about, that for a 7 o'clock game, it's impossible really to get there on time because there's literally one bridge that separates Tampa and St. Pete. So you're just gridlocked out there, and, and it's just it's not worth it to try and come out to a game. You know, these guys have been putting a winning team on the field year after year. Joe Madden, I don't know how he keeps doing it, but every year he takes these young, unknown prospects and turns in a winning team in a very tough division. So they're putting a winning ball club on the field, which a lot of teams can't really say, but still they're not drawing. You know, they offer great ticket promotions. I was seeing a lot of uh, deals for students or for young kids or, um, you know, if you check in with the MLB at Bat app, uh, not at bat, what is it called? The MLB at the ballpark app, whichever one that is. If you check into that, you know, sometimes they'll offer you $1 tickets, you know, so they're doing everything they can to bring people out. It's just, I don't know, uh, you know, that I can't entirely blame the traffic because, look, there's traffic everywhere. Um, I understand that with one bridge there, it can get frustrating, but, you know, the other thing that I did find out, which 
it wasn't really too much of a surprise to me is that it being Florida, you don't have a lot of Tampa Bay residents that are actually from Florida to begin with. Uh, in fact, the chat that I'm going to include on this podcast here towards the end, uh, I chatted with a great mother and daughter who come to games at Tropicana Field. They both live in Tampa now, but unfortunately, they're originally from Baltimore. So as this game was against the Orioles, they they came out to cheer on their O's. But, you know, they're not going to all of a sudden switch allegiances just because they moved down to Tampa. I moved away from Michigan when I was 18 years old, but I'll be a Tigers fan until the day I die. You know, the team that you grow up watching, that's normally the team that you're going to go ahead and support unless there's extenuating circumstances. But, you know, when you don't have an, an allegiance to the team, I don't know why you'd show up. Now I say that, and in the interview, I think I even bring up the fact that I did have season tickets to the Baltimore Orioles when I lived in uh, D.C., but, you know, I'm a freak. I'm, I'm, a, I'm, I'm a baseball nerd. I get it. I'm, I'm a little bit different. If you really want to bring in the casual fan or even just, you know, the fan that's just maybe a little bit less psychopathic than me about all this, I think, I don't know if they're going to have to move that stadium. I don't know if they're going to have to, honestly, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they can do. Because the franchise is doing everything they can. You know, I can't blame them. You know, the, the, the current ownership, they're, they're trying. Um, you know, it's a young franchise as well. The Tampa Bay Rays are exactly as old as Google. Yeah, Google and Tampa Bay were both founded in 1998. So it's not like they got a lot of history to draw upon. You know, you don't have a lot of fathers telling their sons about the good old days, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays at the time, and now just the Tampa Bay Rays. So there's a litany of reasons why they're not drawing. Um, But my biggest complaint is the dome. And hopefully I'm not going to see too many more of those uh, roofs on this tour. But if I do, you're going to hear me complain about it uh, a couple of times because I'm sorry. I don't care if it's 200 degrees outside. You should never have a dome over your head unless it's raining. You know, if it's raining in a torrential downpour and you need to get the game in, I am all for roofs. But... This is baseball. You know, part of the fun is sitting under that sweltering heat, drinking whether it's a cold beer or a cold soda or water or eating that ice cream, you know, as it melts in your hand. That's part of what makes baseball unique and what part of it makes baseball really, really fun. But with that being said, um, I had a really great time at this stadium. You know, uh, I can complain all I want about the actual roof, but they did a wonderful, wonderful job creating just, a really special atmosphere. You know, you can see more of my thoughts at the website at roundingthird.net, and you can see some of the photos I snapped. You know, one of the things they have is this Ted Williams uh, Hall of Fame and Hitters Museum, which honestly is worth the price of a ticket alone. I was almost tempted to delay my trip a day so I could come back and just spend two hours in this museum. It's about 7,000 square feet, and it's got some tremendous memorabilia, um, some of the greatest hitters of all time uh, and just a really great museum. You know, when inside they've got this awesome carnival downstairs where, you know, obviously they got the fast pitch, they got batting cages, but they've got carnival games, you know, and they've got a PlayStation set up, you know, where, where you can play MLB, the show, or they've got, uh, you know, a basketball hoop where you can take some shots. And they've just got, they got a lot of great stuff for, for kids. They had live music that was being played. Um, they had a great restaurant in center field, much like at Nationals Park. Um, although for this one, I believe there was a time limit to how long you could actually sit there. But still, it was a nice uh, view from center field. Um, aside from the fact that 
there was a roof over my head. I think it's a really, really awesome park. When the live music shut down, they had a DJ come in and he kept all the energy up. And oh, I forgot to mention there's a great cigar bar uh, on the upper levels. And honestly, it, it is a really great place to spend uh, an evening. And, uh, and after the game, actually, which I thought was really fun, is they let everybody go out on the field and have a dance party, basically. You know, you, you left the game through the center field gate. So everyone would file down to the lower bowl and, and walk right out into the field. And the DJ set up in, uh, on the warning track in center field and people were dancing and kids were flipping around and enjoying themselves, having a good time. It, it's honestly a really good time with a ballpark. And the ticket prices aren't that crazy either, especially compared to some of the all other ballparks in the country. So I just think that, you know, they got a, they got a winning team out there they're doing their best to create a fun atmosphere. I'm not quite sure what more they're going to have to do to bring people in. I know there are baseball fans in Florida. There are great baseball fans in Florida. I mean, the amateur uh, prospects that come out of that state are astounding. Every single year, there's always great amateur baseball players coming out of Florida. And I've met quite a lot of people who, who live down there who like it. But I just, I don't know. Maybe it is just there's too many transplants. There's too many snowbirds. There's too many people from New York and Boston and Baltimore and Philly and all these other cities that already have allegiances. You know, if I was ever going to retire down to Florida, there's no way that I would become a Rays fan. Now, once again, me being a psychopath, I probably would get season tickets, but I think I might be the exception, not the rule. And I don't think they need to really cater to the exceptions. I think sometimes they need to cater to the more general audience. And I don't know. They're just, they're doing what they can. So I, I give them a tremendous amount of credit for that. Uh, and I really do think that if you're listening to this, go check out a game. You can get very, very good seats at a very good rate. And you'll see very good baseball. And I know I just said very good many, many times, but it's because there's no other way for me to put it. There are times where I tend to speak hyperbolically, so I'm trying to keep this as honest and genuine as possible. It is a very good time at the ballpark. It's not great. It's not spectacular. It's not, you know, one of the best experiences you'll ever have. But it's some place that you can either bring your kids or honestly bring your girlfriend, bring your boyfriend. I don't care how old you are. There, if there is something for you at this park, there is something that is going to be fun for you to do at a relatively cheap price. So with that being said, I want to introduce you to a couple of ladies that I met at the TROP. Uh, Judy and Sarah, they're a mother and daughter who originally are from Baltimore, so they're Orioles fans. But... You know, they, they now live down in Tampa, so they come down to the TROP to watch some baseball. And I'm telling you, I did genuinely try to find some hardcore Rays fans. I just almost, uh, I couldn't really say that without laughing because I was really trying. You know, I, I found a couple of gentlemen who were decked out in Rays gear and looked like maybe these were going to be the guys to talk to. But as soon as they opened their mouths, it was very clear that they were actually from New York and they were giant Yankee fans and they just moved to Tampa a couple of years ago, and so they figured they'd, they'd support this team. But, you know, it was very difficult. In fact, I did not find really one person in that stadium that I could talk to that really encapsulated what I believe the Rays fans were all about. You know, I, I tried hard. And if any of you are out there, please shoot me an email at roundingthirdpodcast at gmail.com because I would absolutely love to hear from you because uh, I really did try. Um, you know, Judy and Sarah were awesome. Uh, Judy told me a great story about going to a ball game with her father actually, uh, years ago. And, um, 
you know, it was fun to, to talk to him a little bit and kind of figure out who it is that lives in Tampa and, and comes out to these games. But finding a Rays fan was hard. Um, sorry. Uh, but with that, I want to just uh, play this interview. And then after that, uh, we'll be right back to wrap this episode up. Enjoy. So I'm standing outside of Tropicana Field with a mother and daughter combination. They are originally Orioles fans, but they are living in Tampa now, so they've kind of adopted the Rays to be their, I guess, second favorite team. Uh, Judy, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. So you were telling me that you actually grew up a Pittsburgh Pirates fan, and you were telling me a pretty wonderful story about your first ballpark experience. Can you uh, elaborate on that, please? Yeah, certainly. Um, I was just probably six years old. My dad took me to the old Forbes Field. It happened to be ladies' night and my mom wasn't available to go, so dad took me. And it was my first ever experience in a major league ballpark. So what exactly was that? I actually don't know much about a ladies' night. Can you kind of expand on what that is? Well, I'm sure it's, I'm, well, this was way back in the day, so I'm sure it was just a way to encourage women to participate in going out to see a ball game more and, and get out of the house. I mean, most of them were just housewives in that day, you know? Well, you know, that is actually one thing that as I do this 30 stadium tour, I am trying to find more mothers and daughters and more women really that are actually coming to the game to enjoy the game and not because their boyfriends or husbands or sons or whoever <laughs> have dragged them there. So I, I really, really love hearing about, you know, mothers and daughters that do this. What was the first game that you two uh, went to together? Um, we went to a couple O's games when we lived in Baltimore. And we, we attended a couple of Canvan Yards up there and really had a great time. And there, as we do here, we always got nosebleed seats over home plate. That's our favorite place to watch a game from. So what is it like going to ball games with your mom? One of our favorite things to do together, actually. We spent a lot of time apart, um, you know, been apart for a couple years. But it's like our one bonding thing together is baseball. And I wouldn't ask for anything else <laughs> for the two of us to do together. So That is absolutely incredible. So you're saying there's another story, actually, that you had or, or a memory from back then that you were, maybe wanted to share. Yeah, when um, I went to that first game with my dad, one of the uh, unique concessions that they had was when they uh, sold popcorn, they sold it in a giant cardboard megaphone. And so <laughs> every it, it seemed like half the stands had them. But I can remember when I got done with my popcorn, I thought it was the greatest telescope in the world. So I watched the game through the megaphone. <laughs> that is absolutely adorable. That is that is wonderful. So what about so what is your favorite experience at any ballpark? Um, I would say Probably my first, my first O's game in Camden Yards. It was actually a Battle of the Beltway game. I went to a, an O's Nats game, and the the tension I would say in the park was was quite amazing actually to feel, um, and just to be. Of course, we won. So, but to be on that side and and to be you know winning at home is is pretty amazing. That's. And and what's your favorite part of Camden Yards? The view, absolutely the view, and the amount of fans that come out. You know, you can fill Camden Yards and a sea of orange and that's amazing so and then since we're here I, I should probably get at least one of your favorite moments here at, at Tropicana Field if you both can think of that you can take a second because it might you know <laughs> I understand it doesn't have the history that a Camden Yards has but still as far as whether you came together or or separately just what was that one moment that that really keeps bringing you back to Tropicana um, I don't know. I, I just I enjoy a ball game live. I don't watch it on TV ever, but I come to a ballpark and I'm completely enthralled. I watch everything on going on in the game and I follow it really closely. But put it on TV and I can't be bothered. So anytime I'm a, at a live game, I'm enjoying it. That is that's pretty incredible. And how about you? <laughs> I don't know here. 
just the fact that I, I guess I have the opportunity to go, because baseball is, is my hobby, my favorite thing to do. So I guess just having the opportunity to go to a game, even if it's away from home for me, is, is pretty great. Just having a team local that I can support. You know what? That's the reason why I was a season ticket holder to the Orioles. I was certainly not an Orioles fan, but living away from Detroit, exactly. I just, I, I had ba baseball withdrawals, so exactly. I had to come to the ballpark. Had to go. Had to go. <laughs> All right, well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank Thanks so much. You. I appreciate it. So we caught the tail end there of a young Rays fans upset that no one was coming out to their ballpark. So as you can hear from that interview, it's it's going to be tough for the Rays. You know, um, maybe they just needed to stick it out for the next 15, 20, 30 years and, and build some, I don't know, build some sort of history. They, they play well. Every year they play well. And they're always in contention. And, you know, they do play the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Orioles, and they play a lot of great baseball uh, cities. And you would hope that that this would develop some sort of rivalry, but it it's not really happening. You know, you know, I was at a rivalry game, you know, a divisional game between the the Rays and the Orioles, and I'm gonna say that uh, at least fifty percent, if not more, of the fans in the crowd of a small crowd were Orioles fans during the national anthem. You know, you could hear the ever-present O during the national anthem that Orioles fans like to uh, yell out, which I've heard in a couple other ballparks, but it's only a very small smattering of Orioles fans that have traveled to those cities. Here, it, it did feel like I was in Baltimore South. So here are the options. Either you got to move to Tampa, which, I don't know, I mean, then you're basically just going to be eliminating all the people from St. Pete because they're going to have the same problems trying to get to Tampa. But you know what, St. Pete? You had the team now for over a decade, and you're not coming out. So maybe we give Tampa a shot. You know, at least that point, then you'll, you're a little bit close to Orlando, and maybe you can bring down some of those kids to see some games. I just I don't know what more they can do. You know, I'm, I'm never in favor of franchises moving cities. I really don't like that. Um, you know, when, when the Expos came over to D.C., I was happy to see D.C. get a team, but I was devastated to see Montreal lose one. Um, but you know what? Canada does deserve more than just one team. And for that matter, the Pacific Northwest deserves a team. Uh, that's not just me complaining because I've got a 17-hour drive ahead of me uh, to visit Seattle. They're the only team in the top left corner of this map that we have. But So maybe that's what it is. You know, maybe you just consolidate and you've got one team for the state of Florida. Um, like I, said, I don't think that's right. I don't think you should do that. I think that both Tampa and Miami deserve to have a team. But if they're going to continue to draw so poorly, I don't, I don't know what to do. You know, it just it doesn't seem like it's a good investment for the city, for the players, for the fans even. You know, if I was a Rays fan, I wouldn't know what I would do. I would be frustrated as well because – You've got idiots like me who are going to keep talking about moving your team and you don't have any sort of stability. You know, I know that I would be, I've always been very happy that the majority of my hometown teams were originators in their respective leagues. And so there's really not a chance that the Red Wings are ever going to leave or that the Lions are ever going to, well, I don't know about that, but the Lions are never going to leave and neither the Tigers and, and the Pistons are never going to leave. So 
I, I understand that it's got to be frustrating to hear people talk about your city and talk about your town and talk about the even possibility of you losing your team, but you're not coming out. You know, maybe you specifically are. Yes, maybe you listening to this are saying, I go, I go to every single game and I bring friends and I bring families and you're doing your part and that's awesome. And hopefully we'll get more people to do that. That would be awesome. You know, if you're listening to this, bring a friend. You know, introduce a new friend to baseball or honestly just try to convert someone. Um, I brought a lot of people to their first ever ball games, and you'd be surprised. You know, it, to a lot of non-baseball fans, it seems boring to them at first. But you take them out to a game, you fill them full of beer and Cracker Jacks and peanuts and hot dogs, and they have a damn good time. I can feel my energy dipping right now, <laughs> and it's because I'm I'm frustrated. <laughs> I... Uh, I really want people to come out to the stadium. I really want people to appreciate this this team. You know, they're doing such a great job in all angles. The ticket prices, the amenities, the the game on the field, the promotions, everything. But here's the, what I'm going to leave this. Get out of the dome. Oh, for God's sakes, please get out of that dome. Just I, I desperately need to see baseball with the sky over my head. It's, I'm going to be honest with you, I was cold. It's not that I was hot. I was actually cold. The air conditioning was so high. I honestly, I, I, the next time I was in a dome, I may bring a jacket. And that's ridiculous. But whatever. I just think, get out of a dome and move to Tampa. And let's bring people out to see the Rays. Because if you're, you know, if you're not careful, one of these days, there's going to be a dummy out there that's, Got my type of mentality and says, all right, well, looks like we're going to move this team and we're going to head up to the Pacific Northwest or Canada or I don't know. We're going to give someone else a chance. You know, Major League Baseball is thinking internationally now and they might just take this opportunity to, to move this to a new uh, new country even. So I, I would never want that to happen. I like 30 stadiums. I like 30 teams. I'd like the 30 teams to be in Canada and America. And I'd like them to stay where they are, but I mean, let's face it, 13,000 for a Friday night game against a divisional rival. Come on. 13,000 people, really? 13,000 people for a Friday night game with a divisional rival. That's all right. That's all right. I'm, I'm getting a little frustrated here. So we're going we're gonna to wrap this up. Um, next up is actually the Miami Marlins, the brand new Marlins Park. That's another team that, you know, the team's got a little more history, but you know what? We're going to get to that in the next episode. I don't want to get ahead of myself. So uh, with that, I want to thank Blake White for the theme music. I want to thank Icarus Ronan for uh, help with the web design, Krishna Jane for uh, photo editing. As always, please uh, check out the website at roundingthird.net. You can follow me on Twitter at roundingthirdmj. And for those of you who are following this tour live, you know, thank you for being patient with me. I, I'm trying my best to get these podcasts and, and uh, postings online as regularly as possible. But as I am doing the overwhelming majority of this by myself, it's a little bit difficult. There's not that many hours in a day. Um, but thank you for being patient with me. And join me next time as I continue rounding third, heading for home.
Rounding Third with Manish Jain.